Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Game the System podcast episode 6, a podcast about the people that play and all things gaming, retro, arcade, modern, pinball, board games and anything else we think is fun and interesting. It's 27th of March 2018 and my name's Mark Bell. My name's Matt. My name's Ajivani. <laughs> no. Have you been working on that for a while? <laughs> I just thought of it then. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I, th- I had that moment while you're doing the intro where I'm like, shit, I haven't thought about a name. <laughs> what am I going to say? But you're really John. Well, yeah. Hmm. Similar. Hmm. My nonno calls me Giovanni sometimes. Really? Sometimes being mostly when I was like eight years old. But right. Yeah. I thought you just pulled that out of thin air, but it no. actually has a reason for... It is sort of a name that I have. Right. By one person. Right. Yep. Not, um... Not Magic Hands, not Magic Pants, not The Whistler. No. I mean, you're known by many names. Well, you just gave me three more. <laughs> <laughs> so, next podcast, I'll th- pick one of them. Okay, yep. good. And I think as someone who is known as The Whistler, we need to hear some of your whistling sometime. <laughs> not necessarily this podcast, but at some okay. point, we need to hear some whistling. <laughs> All right, good. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving on to our first uh, bit, mm. thing, mm. topic. Are we going to mention our audio upgrade? Oh, I guess we should. Well, we are currently talking into some pretty fantastic and almost intimidating microphones. <laughs> <laughs> They're, um, hopefully, it sounds a lot better. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I kind of just threw money at the problem. Mm. Mm. But also, they were informed decisions. I mean, you know your stuff about music. Matt knows his stuff about music. Mm. At least that's what I tell you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that's all that I know. (laughs) Whereas I don't know anything, but I know that these look pretty damn cool. They look cool, yeah. Mm. Yep. And we have had feedback, um, not only from the listeners, but ourselves talking mm-hmm. about how there is a fair bit of background noise. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I have listened to other podcasts that set up, you know, these sort of set setups and lapel mics and things like that that we've mm. tried. And they have said, you're never going to get rid of all the background music. Mm. It's just uh, background sound. Mm. It's just part of what microphones pick up. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully these microphones all um, sound a lot better. Yeah, yeah. There's always a level that you, you, you know, limited by <laughs> the physical nature of what a microphone is. Yep. And um, yeah, but uh, this should be a pretty good improvement. Yeah. Done some research this time instead of just buying stuff and assuming that it's gonna work. Mm. And I don't think it's ended bad before, but I don't know. I just just I think it'll be better now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah, we're not recording in a studio or anything like that. I mean, yes, we have some pretty impressive mics right now, but we're not in a studio. We don't have baffling, so there's going to be... It's not going to be perfect, mm-hmm. but it should be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that, Matt? <laughs> 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 there's a little in-joke there that we won't go into just yet. 
Um, so let's go to reader feedback. Oh, did we get some feedback? Is it from Mark Baker Snark and EW? <laughs> there might be feedback from him, but I was going <laughs> to say, last podcast we got no feedback. Mm. This podcast we got a lot. Really? Yeah. Emails? Um, I didn't see anything on the forum, really. No emails, a little bit on the forum, Facebook, Twitter. Oh. Um, cool. Yeah. Nice. A number of places. Cool. All right, so let's go into it. Um, Lord Panic on mm. Twitter, a.k.a. Cap'n Kong on the forums. Mm, my fellow LD buddy. LD? Yeah. What's an LD? A laser disc, Mark. Oh, Jeez. of course. What forum are you on? <laughs> Obviously not in the most important section, the off-topic section. Obviously. <laughs> I apologise. I tried to sneak it into the play section, but... I moved I it. I got moved. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we're arguing about laser disc games, it's not about games. Yeah, yeah. You, you have a play button on the, the player. It's a player. That's true. It is arguably play. That's a loose connection. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he was talking about... um, So we were a little bit confused as to what the cartridge slot on the Saturn was. And he said that... um, So the cartridge slot on the Saturn, it's the main expansion slot. Mostly used for extra save RAM, but was also used for the Netlink modem. If you were privileged enough to own a modem. So it was kind of like... Yeah, like an expansion, but it looked like a cartridge slot. <laughs> mm. And was it on the top? It's on the top, yeah. That's an unusual place to have an that's expansion what, slot. Yeah, that's what made it feel like... I mean, I'm, I wonder if, again, entering the world of speculation, they planned on making, you know, cartridge games or a Mega Drive oh, a, thing. I mean, I don't know what the next number will be. Like a 32X on the Saturn, but like... <laughs> A 64X or or whatever whatever number they want to put X Mm -hmm. (laughs) on console. I'll be blocked the CD player. Um, But there's also, he says, another expansion slot at the back near the built-in RAM battery, which allowed it to decode and play VCDs. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I know about that one because that's apparently how all the the mods are happening. Oh, all the mods. I saw a thing about someone made a mod chip and it goes in that, that slot. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Was VCDs a thing? VCDs? Yeah. Uh, probably not so much in this country. I no. think... I remember burning In a lot other of them. countries, like Asian, particular Asian countries. Yeah, no, I remember buying some martial arts VCDs, but otherwise I just burnt all my VCDs, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm sorry I interrupted. No, it's all right. Um, Carrie on Twitter, I'll just read her post. Well, I'm assuming a her. It might be a he. Mm. But Carrie, I'm assuming a her. Could be either. Could be. Uh, hi, guys. <laughs> 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 hi, guys. Thank you for the pod. And forgiveness, please, for not giving feedback. That's when we oh. said last episode we received no feedback. Um, she mentions that uh, about five minutes... In the last podcast, we were talking about Thrax, Anthrax. Oh, yeah. And um, his Newcastle Gaming sort of archive mm-hmm. and his podcast. And she said, are there any links? Couldn't find any in the show notes. It's probably more a PC LAN related thing. And 
she's more arcade but still kind of interesting so I think mm-hmm. that was probably our bad that we didn't link it in the show notes. But, mm. yeah, we can link it in these show notes, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think to do that. Sorry. No, no, no. That's all cool. Mm. Um, but Thrax's podcast is called the Game Over Man podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's at gameovermanoz.com, which is gameovermanaus.com. And the Newcastle Gaming Archive is at Playtopia. Um, Luke Dawson on Facebook, he says, in regards to PAX and EB Games teaming up, I wonder if PAX is going to be coming to Sydney since EB Games Expo has merged. Mm. And I don't know, that's... I think that would be really shocking Mm. if PAX moved to Sydney because it merged with EB Expo. Yeah, I read a, a lot of comments um, from people on Twitter in, you know, the thread about the merge. And, I mean, it's by no means a reliable source of information. But one person said that, you know, PAX is probably, in terms of an organization, like five times as large as, uh, well, not an organization, but a convention five times as large as hmm. EB Expo. And they by no means would be... Um, changing anything to accommodate EB Expo. Hmm. And I, I guess, yeah, I think it's super unlikely that that yeah. would happen. And I think if anything, it's kind of the other way around in terms of it might be actually making it easier for EB Expo to be inside something else hmm. so that they don't have to organize their own thing. Hmm. Um, so that's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I can imagine... And again, this is just an assumption that organising something like that in Sydney would be more expensive mm. rather than yeah. in Melbourne because I think Melbourne, the government, um, sponsors a lot of that stuff oh, or really? at least okay. you know, provides some financial backing mm-hmm. for artistic endeavours and they have the whole Melbourne Games mm-hmm. Week, yep. which PAX is a part of. Right. So, I'd be very surprised if it moved out of Melbourne because mm. it feels pretty entrenched. Yep. And it's, yeah, in terms of a city, it makes so much sense for them, PAX, to be in Melbourne because compared to Sydney, like Sydney's so hard to get around Yeah. in comparison. Um, yeah, I mean, what yeah. would you do? Would you hold PAX at Homebush? No one wants to go to Homebush. <laughs> no, but there is a point here. They just finished building that... Uh, convention exhibition center in Darling Harbour I think is ready to go and the other point (laughs) I would make is when they first moved to the Melbourne convention center whatever it's called I seem to remember them right at the end of the first or second one they said we've committed to this convention center for the next four or five years something like that Hmm. time's almost up But then we wouldn't get to go to Melbourne and have our, our gaming holiday. I know, and go to Bartronica and do all those really cool Pretend things. Pretend that our wives don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that, Matt? <laughs> I mean, where are we going to go in Sydney? There's nowhere interesting to yeah. go in Sydney. There's no barcades. Have you been to that Spawn Point bar place? No, yeah. I haven't. You have, hmm. Matt? Isn't it sort of PC PC game based? No, it's consoles. Oh, is it? Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, 
Is this what we're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so consoles, so they have a bunch of things set up around there, just free play games. Um, yeah, like when they opened, they had a Guitar Hero set, oh, which yeah. this is for me, right? Yeah. And they took it away. No, banned. Get out. I don't, I don't go there <laughs> anymore. <laughs> the other dumb thing they did, they they had a projector with um, a Wii U at the time, mm-hmm. all the controllers layout, and they had Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why isn't it Mario Kart? Hmm. I would play Mario Kart. I don't want to play Smash Brothers. Was there was there any people playing Smash Brothers? Yeah, because what else are you gonna do? Yeah, true. Yeah. Hmm. So bad. I don't go back there. I always find right. it, it. It's. They did have a recent renovation. Like the, I mean, re- renovations. Like they redid the place. And one of the new things is they got these booths where you can see. You know, you're sitting in the booth facing. You know, the people like maybe in a restaurant or whatever. And a screen on that side and a screen behind you as well. So you're both playing this game, watching the screen. Uh, yeah. That's not a bad idea. And on the projectors now, they do a lot of uh, live streams of esports events. Hmm. That'd be exciting. Cool. I thought you said they were banned. Yeah, I mean, I just know about these things. But <laughs> it's not. The place isn't for me, basically. Right. But some people might like that. Hmm. Yeah, and there's also 1989, of course, which is pretty mm-hmm. bloody cool. They've got yep. some really cool arcade machines there, mm-hmm. but... Um, certainly in Sydney, there's not the, not the really cool spots to go to. I don't think that there is in, yeah, in Mm. Melbourne and Brisbane. Right. We're getting there. Yep. But not quite there just yet. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, 1989, they're having a Marvel versus Capcom competition Ah. this week, I think, Thursday. And I'd, I'd love to go, but it's just too hard to get to. For mm. me, mm. Uh, and that's one of the big problems with Sydney. It's so hard yeah. to get anywhere because I, I can't, I can't drive in because there's nowhere to park in Newtown, mm-hmm. and it's not that close to the train station. It's actually closer to Redfern than to um, Newtown Station. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. No. <laughs> it is. I know because I worked across the road and I would go to Redfern every day. Actually, mm. probably part of the reason is then you don't have to change as well because you just go straight to Redfern. Mm. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's not that interesting. But yeah, Sydney's a pain in the ass. Mm. So why would you move packs to Sydney? <laughs> is my question. Yeah. Yep. Unless EB Games has some sort of giant power over packs that we don't know about. Who knows? Who knows? Mm. I mean, there was the PAX guys talking about, or one of the PAX guys, and I don't know them by name, but one of them was talking about how he doesn't really want to do it anymore. Oh. He doesn't um, like getting up in front of people, and <coughs> it was his last PAX Oz, wasn't it, um, last year? I mean, so they have, like, anxiety issues, and so... Mm. But that's basically fine because they're nerds like us. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. It's just the travel like, got a bit too much last year. Yeah. Being away from home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I get it. Yeah. But yeah. It's a lot of traveling. I mean, they do, what, five each year? That's crazy. Mm. And coming to Australia from the US, it's a 14-hour flight. Mm. And all the other things that they do besides that. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. It'd be so busy. Mm. Yeah. 
sometimes I imagine the last thing you want to do is fly halfway across the world, mm. you know, to hang out with a bunch of people you don't actually really know that well. Mm. And when you've done it however many times already... And when you don't like doing it yeah. because you, again, have anxiety issues or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But yeah, interesting idea of Pax moving to Sydney, but I... I'd be shocked if it happened. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then we have Baker Snark MDW on the forum. Uh, he was talking about, let's see, oh yeah, in the episode five thread, he was talking about PCB, um, creating PCBs. <laughs> I saw you did do a double take there, Matt. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was talking about how he made his own PCB mm. by hand which was to replace a driver board in the getaway pinball machine. And that's that's pretty cool to me. Mm. That's pretty damn impressive. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he also goes on to talk about the top 30 game systems that we talked about from Retro Gaming okay. Magazine. Yep. Um, and he said it's very obviously UK-based with the inclusion of the Spectrum and the Amstrad, both by that point owned by Alan Sugar, Star of U- the UK Apprentice, of all things. Oh. And the name Amstrad comes from Alan, Alan M. Sugar Trading. So, mm-hmm. A-M-S Trading. Trad. Right. Amstrad. There you go. Fascinating. I know. Little tidbit for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes on a little bit more about the Amstrad. He knows more about the Amstrad than most people probably should because <laughs> it's not a good system. <laughs> Just putting that out wow. there. Um, I feel like we have to have a, a controversial opinion special. Controversial opinion special? Well, I don't actually don't know if that's a controversial opinion, but... Mm. Well, what do you guys think of the Amstrad? <laughs> Is that one of those Never. computer keyboard looking <laughs> ones? Yeah. <laughs> Matt? What? Yes? What do you think of the Amstrad? Uh, I never used one and not sure. Do you know what it looks like? Uh, <laughs> oh, right. I think it's that. bigger than the Commodore. <laughs> yeah, it's bigger and it's, blockier. It's, and yeah. The one that I... I had a friend who owned one and the one that... That's the one that I have experience with and, and he only had a monochrome monitor for it. Mm. So not only was the Amstrad bad, but his one looked bad because it was a monochrome monitor. So, I just I don't have any I don't have anything for the Amstrad mm-hmm. at all. Okay, at all. Cool. But if you lived in the UK, well, apparently, feel differently. Apparently, and the Spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> Thrax on the forum, he says, uh, "Nice pod, dudes. The runtime is crazy long. Yeah, that was our three and a half hour, <laughs> yeah. three hour forty minutes. I don't know, whatever it was. That was long." Yeah. He said it took him a couple of sessions to get through it, but all good. Um, he's I'm, I'm just glad people did. I know. When, when people say that they listened to the whole thing, I'm like, wow. Yeah, I'm holy, shocked. Holy moly. <laughs> Listening to us idiots talk about stuff for three hours. <laughs> um, he says uh, his feedback discussion points from the episode. So on the Switch, he loves the Pro Controller. He mm-hmm. never plays with anything else unless he's using the console as a handheld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. uh, clarifies our Mario Kart confusion. Double Dash was GameCube. We got that one. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart Wii was the Wii. Shocking. Mm-hmm. MK7 oh. was on 3DS. And MK8 uh-huh. was on the Wii U with MK8 Deluxe on the Switch. Yeah, so I found out that apparently the whole thing with Deluxe is that it comes with all the DLC which was released over the lifetime of the Wii U. Yeah, so all those, the 12 cups that I talked about, a lot of those are DLC. I I don't know. I don't even know which, but... I didn't even know Nintendo did DLC. Well, you just learned something. I did. (laughs) I really did. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know either, but uh, Mm. yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of... Uh, different, like the different carts and stuff. I think some of them were DLC. I don't know. There's there's mm. heaps of options. I don't know if you knew that, but you can choose. There's all these different types of carts and all these different wheels and mm. yeah, it's pretty cool because it really adds more depth to the game. Mm. You know, it's no longer just are you a small, medium, or large character. You have your character, and then that affects all the stats of your cart. But then you can also choose different carts. Some are faster, and some have better handling. Yeah, they had that in a few versions before that. Yeah. Um, I think even the GameCube one had that, didn't it? Or no. Or am I imagining things? Nah. I don't know. I played that one a bit. Hmm. I stopped at Wii because I didn't like the whole motion control thing. <laughs> even though I know you can switch that off, but... You can use your GameCube controller. <laughs> yes, you can. Don't talk logic to me. <laughs> <laughs> I sold my GameCube. (laughs) I don't go by logic. Uh, He also talks about pre-owned games at EB and JB uh, can have some good bargains, but it's pretty rare. Um, Usually happens when someone trades in a game that EB don't usually stock or sell. That reminds me, I had some feedback too. (laughs) A friend of mine said, man, you really really hammered on EB. (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) Well, yeah. They deserve it. They suck. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But as Thrax said, they do have bargains every now and again. Um, But it's it's usually when someone trades in a game that EB don't actually stock or sell. Uh, They tend to misclassify them. Um, That's not a bargain. That's just a mistake. Yeah, that's a fair (laughs) point, actually. And he said it happened a lot with Nintendo games around the Wii and DS days. Uh, A downside for EB, though, is that they have warehouses of sports games that will eventually need to be trashed as people won't buy them for $1. I can see that. Mm. Mm. I mean, you go to any... You go to cash converters, you go to game traders, whatever, there's always more sports games, sports retro games than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cash converters. The last time I was there, they had a box out the front and it was like... Yeah, $1 a game. And mm. they were all sports games. Mm. And all they still them. couldn't sell them. Oh, actually, there was one other type. They were either sports or they were like iToy or something like that. Mm. One of those kinds of things. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a segue, he says, always check out Target for games when you're out of shopping, when you're out shopping. Mm as they typically hold a number of games that EB and JB don't stock, as Mm. I think you might have even said that. Um, And speaking of linking links, go check out the Panasonic 3DO. You could play eight players by Daisy chaining the controllers together, and each controller had a headphone jack and volume slider. 
That's crazy. Wow. There's some weird consoles out there. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there certainly is. Hmm. Uh, Andy Barista on the website, also known as Mud to us, hmm. who uh, plays pinball with us quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember, I was talking about a guy from South Australia called Captain Vegetable. Mm-hmm. So Andy Barista mentions that Captain Vegetable... He is, is Captain Vegetable? <laughs> <laughs> is is probably a reference to the Sesame Street character. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, who's that? Captain Vegetable. Yeah, but what does he look like? A vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. I don't actually know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the feedback. Quite a bit cool. of feedback this time, mm. which is great to see. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then <laughs> we can move on to games we've been playing, pickups stuff we've been doing in gaming mm-hmm. what have we been doing and who wants to go first can i get another drink first yes you can because i've been talking for a bloody long time do you want another drink sure Because downstairs there's a shop we just went to, and as you were pointing out, they have some American-ish things, mm. and they're Twinkies at the counter, and specifically says Ghostbusters Busters at the bottom. <laughs> Ghostbusters. So it said Ghostbusters on the box. Yeah. So Which you just had. That's to why have I had one. to buy it. Yeah, fair enough. So have you, have you ever eaten a Twinkie before? Yeah, when I went to America. Right. Because when you in when in Rome, you got to do all the things that you've seen in movies and TV. Yep. You have to try those. <laughs> so I got Junior Mints because of Seinfeld. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, things like that. Right. Yeah. And a Twinkie. So if this Twinkie represented the normal psychometric energy in the tri-state area, <laughs> it would be a Twinkie the size of, I forget the number, <laughs> weighing 800 pounds. <laughs> well, that's not even four inches. No. So you've never had a Twinkie before? No, I did. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Does it taste like the one you had in the US? Um, For listeners at home, Matt has just bitten into the four-inch Twinkie. (laughs) (laughs) He's taking another bite. He's chewing it. (laughs) (laughs) About the same... Yeah, I guess so. I don't really remember. But Mm. something like this, yeah. Right. See, those things always just look disgusting to me. I like the idea it's of a Twinkie because of Ghostbusters. Yeah. But I don't think I could eat one because it just looks like everything that I don't like about cakes, which is sponge cake mm. around fake icing. Is that what it is? No, it's a cream. It's, it's not real cream. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's probably... Is it real cake? It's Who cake knows? icing, right? No. Um, it can't be real cream. It'd be off by now. Oh, uh, yeah, I see. I don't... It, yeah, sure, fake cream. Yeah, whatever. But it's some kind of cream substitute. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I'm talking about. It's everything that I don't like about dodgy sponge cakes. Mm-hmm. 
So right. yeah, I couldn't do it. Meanwhile, Matt's having a great time chewing on his Ghost Busters. The Whistler, he's back. Some would say he never left. <laughs> The Twinkie is finished. Off. Okay. <laughs> we can move on. Uh, so, what have we picked up? What have we played? Mm. What have we done? I went first last time. Should I go first? Yeah, sure. It's not like I haven't been talking much. <laughs> Do you want a break? I can go if you want to have a break. No, I'll go. Okay. Let's get it over with. Alrighty. <laughs> um, I had a retro game pick up. Literally, probably two hours ago. Ooh. Yes. So I you're still have. giddy with excitement. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm reaching over. I'm reaching over and grabbing it. <laughs> the game. Mm-hmm. It is an original Last Ninja disc version. So these are reasonably hard to find in the big box condition. Mm. Um I mean, they're not super rare or anything like that. You can probably see them on eBay once a month, once every two months. They probably go for $150, $200, something like that. Mm-hmm. But this one is a little bit special because it's been hand-signed by John Twitty, who is the programmer of The Last Ninja. Um, and you don't see him around anywhere. I mean, you'll you'll see... Games signed by people like, you know, The Last Ninja you'll see signed by people who are the sound composers or people like that. But John Twitty, you don't see him around. He's, I wouldn't say he's reclusive. You, you just don't see him around. He's not someone who goes to things. No, that's <laughs> right. Um, ben Daglish, who is one of the um, sound composers. And Matt Gray, who is the sound composer for Last Ninja 2. So, yeah, Mm. I picked this up just today. Well, it was dropped off to me just today. Nice. And uh, So the seller dropped it off to you? Kind of, sort of. Wow. I can't go into too much detail just yet. With a smile? With a smile. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, um, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Very happy. Cool. So was it... You don't have to say how much you paid for it, but was it, like, more than what they usually go for? Was it recognised that it was worth it because of the signing and all that? Um, or was it like a bargain? Was it, it was a mistake? A it was a bargain. Not a mistake, but a bargain. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now, how many how many copies of Last Ninja do you have? <laughs> um, hmm. I think last count, there's probably about 15... 20 it's around there it's a lot yeah i have a lot of different yeah there's lots of different versions like versions from other countries different releases like so this one is the original disc release which Mm -hmm. is probably the most sought after Mm -hmm. i've got a number of those um i've got some of the original tape version releases Mm -hmm. the re-release disc versions Mm -hmm. i've got the us release which is brand new and sealed um, I've got a which you hope actually has the game in it. It should do. <laughs> if it's sealed, it should have the game in it. Um, but yeah, I've got a lot of versions of the Last Ninja. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a super fan. 
I happen to have a tattoo from The Last Ninja, so mm-hmm. that just says everything. Mm. Yeah. It says a lot. Yeah, it does. Mm. So while I don't think this thing, you know, Last Ninja signed and all that is worth a lot of money, to me it's worth a lot. Mm. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, that's the that's the name of the game. Mm. In a way, it's almost like finding those things that aren't worth stuff to other people that mean something to you because then it will be less expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I think that's, yeah. And you don't have to necessarily worry about what it's worth monetarily, yeah. Just what it's worth to you, yeah, yeah, yep. So yeah, very happy about that. Um, and otherwise, I've been playing a couple of modern games. So I've been playing Ooh. Resident oh, Evil yeah. Seven. I wanted to hear Halo Five, wow, and Burnout Paradise Remastered. Now, which you've been bathing in high def. That's one way to describe it. <laughs> um, what game should I go into first? Uh, <clears throat> I mostly want to hear about um, Resident Evil, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, because <clears throat> as we've talked about in the past, you've never really enjoyed Resident Evil games. Yep. Uh, I think, uh, I guess it's better off of you telling people what you think of it, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, why don't you just... Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so I'm a really big Silent Hill fan. Um, a a horror am, fan in general, right? I am wearing a t-shirt at the oh, moment yeah. of a Silent Hill game. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what did you say, John? Horror fan in general, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely a horror mm. fan in general. Mm. But more so... Um, oh, what do you call it? Stump for words at the moment. What do you call it when a when a thing's more a mind thing rather than a like jump a psychological scare? horror. Say that again. Psychological. Psychological. That's the word I was looking right. for. I've had too many beers. <laughs> I'm more into the psychological horror rather than the jump right. scares, mm. slasher yeah. sort of stuff. Um, Would you put like Alien One in the psychological horror? Yeah, basket? absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Silent Hill really scratched that itch for me. It was more sort of building up an atmosphere, creating a story that Mm. was really involving, Mm -hmm. making you feel emotions that build up over time rather than just explode at the moment because a dog jumped through a window or something like that. Yeah. Whereas Resident Evil has always been sort of a... Sort of an action storyline. Yeah. And again, things jumping through windows, jump scares, so on and so forth. I mean, I'd even say Resident Evil 4, which I liked, I didn't think it was fantastic. Right. I wasn't over the moon about that game. Mm -hmm. But I did like it. I went all the way through it. Um, Oh, I didn't realise you'd played that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a great game. What other ones have you played? Played the first one. I didn't get too far into that. Um, I must have played other ones, but I don't specifically recall. Yeah. Why do you keep smiling, Matt? Yeah. You're putting me off. Dogs jumping through windows. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first one, I mean, not that I'm any kind of expert, but I think the first one is most like that in mm. terms of like building meaningful elements, story elements. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, I definitely get that. Like, there's a bit of a cheesiness, yeah, to it, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's Capcom. Capcom. Mm. I love Capcom. I mm. love. I I actually think Capcom is the best game studio developer ever. But they are kind of cheesy. You know, the whole Street Fighter, mm. all of their storylines are kind of action-y mm. and silly and yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah. But it when it comes to... like adolescent anime as opposed to yeah. adult story. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, when it comes to horror, I like my psychological stuff rather than yep. action-y jump scares. Um, in saying that, so yeah, I picked up Resident Evil 7 because it sounded pretty cool. Um, and I'd say Resident Evil 7 is pretty bloody fantastic. Wow. It is amazing. Been waiting to hear this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> a long time. <laughs> it is amazing. It is. It has actually shocked me how good it is. I mean, I thought I thought you might like it, but... I wasn't expecting you to like it that much. Mm. No, I wasn't yeah. anywhere near that either. Right. And I think it is because it's more on the psychological side. Right. Yeah. It's it's not the campy, action-y sort of game that mm. you might expect it to be. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's just so many amazing moments in that game. And Did you play all the way through already? Oh, or? no. I've played probably six hours. Okay. And six hours might sound like a lot, but when I play a game, I generally, I explore a lot. Yeah. So I'm probably not that far into it compared to what a lot mm. of other people would be. Yeah. I like to, when, once I've cleared everything out, I like to mm. go to every corner yeah. and search and do all these things yep. and try and experience the world for yeah. what it is. I think with a game like that, yeah, you've got to play it that way because... <laughs> Not only just to give yourself a break from like the heart pounding moments, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but also just because, yeah, to experience the world that's been yeah. created. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I'd even go so far as to say that that game has made me feel things—not necessarily emotions, <laughs> but feel things that I have never experienced in any game ever. Wow! And I've been playing wow. games for a bloody long time. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't say it goes to the level of some of the Silent Hill games where it really, really gets into your head mm. and it can be mm. overwhelming. Yeah. <clears throat> but the... but It's the not f- over-the-top weird. Like, it's not, you know, like I think some of those Silent Hill and other games like it. Not that there's many, but it can be... Almost feels like it's weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah, yeah. Um Whereas I don't think Resident Evil 7 is like that. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's... And without... I I, I don't think saying this is going to spoil anything mm. at all because mm-hmm. I wouldn't... I would never try and spoil anything, but mm. basically in in certain sections or in the case of where I'm playing, most of the game has been in a house and you're trying to get out of the yeah. house. Mm-hmm. And there's a family who lives in the house, um, and there's this one particular occasion. Um, you're able to move around certain parts of the house, like if 
few corridors and rooms and things like that. But one of the characters, one of the family is also in the house. Hmm. And you just try and walk around while he's walking around and he spots you and he chases you and you you literally feel completely and utterly powerless. Mm. Like there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And not in a way of, I know there's something I should be doing, but I just can't do it. Mm. It's kind of like, this guy's running at me. I can't hide anywhere. He's just going to walk up and smash me in the face with a shovel. <laughs> there's nothing I can do. <laughs> there is something you can do, which is revealed later on as you get further in. Okay. But you just feel utterly powerless and mm. weak absolutely weak mm. and that's not something I've ever felt in a game before and mm. it was terrifying and it was fantastic but in so, so but you're saying you feel that way but in a different way to when a game is frustrating yeah that's right mm. and, and I might not be able to articulate this do you think you mean more like as in you can you feel the characters powerlessness yeah right but again i i'm not sure i'm going to be able to articulate this mm. to make any sense without playing the game mm. and without spoiling right which okay. i don't want to do okay yeah um fair enough but i kind of liken it to and i and i don't know whether you guys have experienced this but if you're having a nightmare and you're trying to run away from something mm. you feel like you're running through molasses or mm. You're not moving fast enough, even though you really want to move fast, mm. and your character in RE7 doesn't move fast. Mm. And so you might be trying to explore around a part of the house to figure out what the hell you can do. Yeah. This guy spots you, and so you try and run away. And yes, you got this mm. sort of a sprint, but it's kind of yeah. a, a dawdling mm. sprint. Yeah. And you're banging into sides of things, and mm. and he's just walking up behind you, and and then he grabs you by the, mm. the back of the head and rips your head around and yeah. then smashes you in the face with a shovel. Mm. And you just feel absolutely weak. Like there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You're stuck yeah. in a house with these people yeah. and you're powerless. It sounds like actual fear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. I think, probably why it's confusing and hard to explain because... You're not actually scared because as soon as you stop playing, you're like, you're fine. Yeah. But when you're playing, it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I had that too when I played The Last of Us. I had that sim a similar experience too when you go, you're playing it and you have those moments and then you're like, this game is making me like feel this feeling that's not anything that really happens to us in daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, and also rarely happens in games. Mm. Uh, and that was a new thing, and I think that's why I enjoyed that so much too. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's what it is for you, but... Yeah, and I think I think it perfectly captured the feeling of being trapped. Yeah. Actually entrapped, mm. where you're in a space and these people have complete power over you and there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And I think fear is a part of that as well. Yeah. And again, it's not it's not like a Silent Hill where Silent Hill 2, for instance, one of my greatest experiences in games is getting up to the last part in Silent Hill 2 and you're just rowing a boat over to this little 
island where the mansion is, where your wife is, and mm. you're just sailing through this thick fog. All you can see is this sort of dim light mm. in the in the foreground that you that you're sailing towards, <clears throat> and you've gone through all this stuff beforehand in the game, this emotional roller coaster ride, mm. and you're sailing towards this mansion. And you know this is the culmination. You know this is going to be the end of the game. Mm. Whatever's going to happen in this mansion is going to be the end of it. And it was just too much. I got to the other side. I parked the boat. And then I just had to save and I had to quit because I just couldn't go (laughs) on. And I did the next day, of course. (laughs) It was kind of like completely and utterly overwhelming. Mm. And it was a feeling of dread. Mm. Whereas in RE7, like I said, this is just a feeling of powerlessness. Okay. Like you're actually trapped. Mm. Um, and there was even another another one part, and again, I don't think this is a spoiler, where you do get away from him and then you're running down another corridor and you think, okay, I can run down to the end of this corridor. And then you just burst through the wall in front <laughs> of you. Because like, you already know that the kitchen's... Like, if you can imagine a house, you might have a kitchen, then a doorway going out of the kitchen, then you turn right, then you turn right again, and you're going down a corridor, Mm -hmm. right? He was in the kitchen, you're running out, you go around, you turn right, right, Mm -hmm. you start running up this corridor, and you just burst through the wall, and he's then right standing in front of you, and Mm -hmm. you're like, this one moment where I felt like I had a bit of control and I could get away, he takes that away from you. Mm. And then that burst through the wall is persistent, so that hole in the wall... Mm is now just always there. Mm-hmm. So it's just another area where he can walk through and, in, and entrap you. Mm. So, yeah, it was <laughs> it was bloody amazing. <laughs> All the time when I was playing this and having that fear and emotional response, I was also feeling, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm loving this. So, That's yeah, awesome. it's cool. Really cool. cool. Did Fiona watch you play it? No. Was that a choice or...? Just she wasn't there. Uh, it's more a choice for me because I oh. I like to experience games by myself. Okay. I like to. I don't know. That's just a weird thing about me. I like to experience the story as a solitary thing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So re re seven is great. Um, it's full of all sorts of moments like that. Right. I am. I have to admit at a point in the game where it feels like it's turning more into a game mm. rather than what it was before. Yeah. It feels like it's gone through a lot of its sort of tricks. <clears throat> yeah. Which is going to happen. Yeah. That's going to happen. Yeah. And I think, yeah, from what I've seen, it, it does turn into more traditional Resident Evil type game yep. um, towards, you know, as you go along um, without, yeah, revealing too much. But... Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess there's a point where you go, "Oh, here's the Resident Evil game yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. I was gonna get." <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, it's funny your explanation of what you like in those types of games, and you know, from someone who I guess I'm so different in that I don't really like horror that much. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> and with Resident Evil, it's like an experience of, um you do get to fight back and and it's not too not too scary like there's mm. not really it's not that scary really so mm. yeah i mean it was when i was young but 
yeah, easily playable. So I've always enjoyed playing him. Mm. Yeah, well, you might find RE7 to be a bit scarier. I've I've <laughs> I've watched it. I, oh, okay. I yeah. Oh, I remember you I've saying watched actually. the whole thing on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I um, I I could play it through it, but oh, there's definitely some very scary moments. Hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and things that happen to your character that you just you wouldn't expect would happen, and then the game keeps going. Yeah. Because you're just sort of like, oh, well, I'm fucked. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. It, the game continues. Yeah. Even with that sort of thing being a thing now. Yep. So, yeah. But there is some DLC that I haven't seen. I have to watch. You know that more. DLC really pisses me off? Because every time you start the game, <laughs> it hassles you about the DLC. Does it? And it has, it has a couple of options. One of them is don't tell me anymore. Or something like that. And I choose don't tell me anymore. You go into the game next time, it tells you anyway. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's really annoying. That's so annoying. But the other thing that's really pissing me off, and it's really affecting my enjoyment of this game, uh, it's my. I don't know if it's the PS4, or I don't know if it's the game, but it lags really badly. Really? Yeah. Hmm. To the point where... It'll just stop responding to anything I'm doing. Huh. And then five, ten seconds later, suddenly it'll input all those inputs that I put in before and it's going... Really? Through menus and all this kind of stuff. And the sound will start cutting out. That's when I know it's going to do it. Okay. The sound will go... Doo, 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 and sort of cut in right. and out and in and out. And then it'll start lagging. And That's odd. Yeah. Sometimes that happens with <laughs> like YouTube or other video players hmm. but that's video <laughs> that's yeah yeah video. and it's yeah it's super annoying because it's the sort of game where you need that atmosphere yeah. to be something uninterrupted like that takes you right out of it yeah yeah or gets you killed or something and then you're just like oh yeah. yeah and there was one occasion where i was in a you wouldn't call it a boss fight but a pretty important fight and story part of the game mm. And it started lagging, and I just couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And that just ruins the entire thing. Yep. So, I don't know what's going on there, but it's annoying. Yeah, that's... Never heard of anything like that before. But, I mean, I don't have a PS4 or follow any kind of console news, so mm. why would I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Have you heard of anything <laughs> like that? No. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, Halo 5? Yeah. Let's hear about that. Finally got to play Halo 5. Um, that is also bloody fantastic. Really? Yeah. Holy moly. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe <laughs> you're not that critical. <laughs> <laughs> I think this has just been a perfect week of video game, modern video games for me, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Potentially I've chosen three games that are great. But, mm. yeah, Halo 5 is... Really, really good. It's, Is there it's an Halo. argument that says that we don't know what we're missing? Eh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Maybe with RE7. But Halo 5 is Halo. But I told you to play that, so... Well, I mean, not that everything hinged on what I had to say. <laughs> not that that would ever happen. But I knew what you were missing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I watched it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> no, Halo 5, yeah, it's um, it's another Halo game... I like Halo. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, this one looks absolutely stunning. It looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you could call this a knock on the game, but I think it's actually a, a plus with Halo is that it almost feels like you're just on easy mode mm. during the entire game. It's, it's okay. the sort of game where... Have you got it on easy mode? <laughs> no, I've got it on um, the one under Legendary which is what they recommend you play Halo on. Who? Hard, hardest or whatever it's called. Who recommends it and The why? developers. Why do they recommend it? Because that's it just says where recommended. the... No, they say that's where the AI responds to the ways it's meant to respond and oh. stuff like that. So, so Legendary <laughs> is where it starts cheating. Is that what you're saying? Legendary is where it's brutal, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I have gone through Halo 3 on... Legendary, I think you and I, Matt. Three, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Halo 5, I popped it on the one below Legendary. Yep. And and I'm not saying it's easy mode because it's easy. I'm just mm. saying it. you could almost say it's like driving a manual car in an automatic car. Mm. When you drive a manual car, you're in control to a high degree you jump in an automatic car it almost feels like it's driving itself Mm -hmm. you're just pushing some paddles that's what halo feels like to me and that's not a knock on the game some people will take it that way that's that's fine but to me that's a plus because it's just so easy to get in the game and start playing and Mm -hmm. have some fun Mm -hmm. you know you're you're led down a path you're not necessarily trying to find something you're just Mm. walking down a path you pop into an arena, you're shooting some guys, you have a lot of fun, you killed them all, some audio cues come in and then you move on and go on to the next thing. And that's Halo. Mm. And it's super fun. The The fighting mechanics, the shooting mechanics are really fun. Mm-hmm. It's just a great game. A really great game. There's just nothing offensive about it, is what I could say. <laughs> <laughs> But is that something maybe that's going to get boring over time? Meh. I don't know. Didn't happen with Halo 3. Okay. I mean, I finished it and then we went through on Legendary in multiplayer or co-op or whatever you call it. And then after that, I never felt compelled to go back to it. Mm-hmm. So maybe in that case, Halo 5 will probably be the same. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm really enjoying it. Can you give us a basic... Uh, story introduction or no I have no idea I'm not paying attention (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't care less about the story (laughs) and I know there's quite a bit of lore and story behind the Halo universe Mm. and in this game I'm sure there's lots of really cool story stuff going on but I don't care (laughs) (laughs) I just like I said I start I walk to the area I start shooting guys I have a lot of fun then you move on to the next bit. Cool. Yeah. Something about Cortana. She's all sexy now for whatever reason because Microsoft decided sexy women is better than non-sexy women. I don't know. <laughs> It'll get the teenage boys involved. <laughs> um, so, yeah. In fact, that's probably one reason why I try not to focus on the story because I just find that a little bit offensive that they've made mm. her sort of a, a sex doll mm. more than anything else. So, okay, yeah. And Burnout Paradise Remastered, so I got that as well. That's 
brand new, it's um, HDified version of Burnout Paradise, a game from 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that is still the best video game ever made, is how I could simply wow. explain that. It is simply the best video game ever made. Why? It just feels so good. Okay. Every single road, intersection, jump. How can an intersection part, feel good? Everything just feels good. It feels like... <laughs> no red lights in this intersection. <laughs> just green, everyone go. <laughs> it is, really. <laughs> that would probably make it bad. <laughs> really bad. Although that's the point in Burnout Paradise, right? Smashing things? Uh, not necessarily smashing else? things, but just... Flying through things at a ridiculous speed and right. doing stupid stuff and jumping over giant jumps and smashing through billboards and okay. exploring the city. I mean, that that world feels like 10 times larger than, say, Forza Horizon 3, which is a, a newish, a pretty new Xbox One mm-hmm. game. Um, and they were touting how big that world is in um, Forza Horizon 3, but it's, like I said, Burnout Paradise feels 10 times bigger because there's just more you can do. Mm. It's more fun. It feels like every road has a purpose. Mm. Even if it's just a straight-down road that meets another road, there might be a shortcut off it. Um, the physics of the cars help you to feel like you're travelling with a purpose and that... Mm. You have control of what, whatever's going on at the time. Mm. You see a hard corner, you know, you can quickly snap into it and drift into it. And <clears throat> yeah. It's just perfect. It so is the best game it's ever a made. Big call. It's a big call to say that a, a driving game is the best game ever made. So I feel like that's just the genre is just limited in a way that most other genres are not limited. Mm. <laughs> It is a stacked game. Like there, there is a lot of lot of things to do. Okay. Mm. So my okay. question is: Is there anything new? Uh no. It's it's HDified. Yeah, um, it's it's the original game, but with all the DLC included. So it's got the Big Surf Island, yeah. which is a additional area. Mm. Um, all of the extra cars, the bikes, all of that kind of stuff. I did notice, it sounds like there's a couple of extra sound effects. That's neither here nor there. Okay. Like when you're when you're boosting, there's like a turbo whining sound, yeah. which I don't think I noticed before back in the original game. But again, we're talking 10 years ago, so okay. maybe I just didn't notice it. But when you're talking about a game like Burnout Paradise, which I put over 400 hours into back in the day, I probably would have noticed something, something like, like that. Something like that could be, though... You know, HD sound or even, like, if you're playing it on a different TV that has different speakers or better speakers. Yeah, that's speakers, right. Yep. Or even worse speakers might accentuate that the frequency in that sound yep. more. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's possible. Could be anything. Yep. Did they keep... Did they manage to relicense all of the soundtrack? Yeah. Um, as far as I can tell, they're all there. Um to good and for bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Avril Lavigne is still there, okay. unfortunately. Um, that's the first one that I muted. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah. Everything else is... Yeah. As far as I can tell, it's all there. Okay. But I could be wrong. 
I've probably put about four hours into it. Okay. So, yeah. Mm. It is absolutely amazing. I <laughs> uh, like old man hours different to, you know, it's like years in dogs or something. <laughs> Four hours in old be, man you know. time is like 40 hours in adolescent <laughs> I think it's time. actually a really good point. <laughs> I think that's probably true because if I'm willing to sit down for four hours and play a game these days, that probably is a lot more yeah. compared to when you're a kid. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I mean, four hours is just an afternoon after school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And an explanation to your teacher as to why you didn't do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game's that's that game's great, but I am at the moment drawn more to RE seven. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm repelled using a word of yours from last episode. A little bit repelled from RE seven because <laughs> of the lag issue. So the lag right. is kind of like a yeah. I I just think. If I'm going to hop into the game and try and get myself involved and, you know, get into the atmosphere and then it's going to lag and be shit. Mm. Eh. Sucks. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. But overall, that's been me. Lots of modern games and really, really good ones. Mm. Mm. Cool. Mm. That's exciting. Mm. (laughs) I would say so. (laughs) All right. Who's up? Oh, there's an evil eye being cast over towards <laughs> Matt. Okay. <laughs> so I'm here to review, like, in the most unlikely circumstance, I actually have a retro pickup. Oh, oh wow. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> They're talking about Scrooge himself here. Yeah. <laughs> he never buys anything unless he's forced to. GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> Microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so... For good or bad, I bought a CRT monitor. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. So, yeah. and it's special-ish because it's one of the Sony PVM monitors. Oh, Can yeah. Can you explain what is special about that and why? Um, the kids really like it. <laughs> the kids I don't know. <laughs> it's, okay, so <laughs> I don't think the kids really like the internet it. I tells think the old me, men really like it. The internet tells me <laughs> that they're the kids on the internet. Yeah, right. Uh, they say that the, old man. the quality is really good. Yeah. Um, Wasn't so it used they, for they our were kids use when it was something? new. They're supposed yeah. to be four, right? So, yeah. I mean, they may be, yeah, for studios and mm-hmm. security thingies. Mm. It basically has RGB inputs mm. as well as, you know, all the usual other things, the composite mm. and S-video. Um, and there's other tricks you can do with the display to muck around with, you know, the way it scans and stuff like that. Yeah, right. It supports all the refresh rates. So it's something that, is it, it's it's the kind of monitor that they would have used to test that things looked right on different yeah. kinds of monitors, right? <clears throat> yeah. So there, there's there's some things you can do. Whitely, you can press a button and it moves the moves the image up and to the right a bit, so you can see the you can see the right. horizontal sync line okay. and stuff like that. Right. So you, yeah, you can use it to test that you're giving a correct signal input. Right. Hmm. Stuff like that. So it may be useful to me sometime in the future. I don't have a use for it right now. So it's a bit <laughs> odd that I just bought one, but no, it, it's, it's for it's it's telling. So it's for future purposes. You didn't yeah, buy exactly. it just to play light gun games then? No, no. That would work though. Yeah. <laughs> so how big is it? The, te- got, the monitor? I got the 14 inch one. Right. So it's, That's not very it's, big. No. Well, it's small enough to, for me to pack away, you know, in my little apartment. 
when I was not take up much space. Yeah. Mm. When I was looking at CRTs, I realized that these days we are used to much bigger screens than what yeah. we were in the past. Yeah. yeah. Like in this office, what's that? Twenty four inch. Probably. That's a friggin' office. It's mm. for work. Mm. A twenty four inch TV. You were lucky to have a CRT. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, I used to play light gun games on yeah something like that, a fifteen inch or something. Mm. I can't even imagine how I did that. Mm. It's tiny. It kind of helped, uh, like eight bit systems though, because maybe the smaller the screen, the less the the less physical size the pixels take mm. up. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. So, for instance, on my SX sixty four. You load up a game on that, and the what is it, a five-inch yeah. screen inside that? The games look really nice. They look really sharp, mm. and that's just because it's so bloody small. Mm. So the pixels are so mm. small. Mm. Um, so that was kind of good, and it also helped doing those little tricks that game developers did back then in in bleeding pixels into each other to make it look like it was a a different color yeah. mm-hmm. than they could actually produce. Right. Um, whereas if you now blow that up to a really giant screen, it's not going to look anything like that. Yep. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, and also I got caught on the upsell on the size because that I kind of originally went there looking for the 9-inch ones, which that, you know, because again, like, because I've got a small place, I've got to find a way to put this away when I'm not using it. And mm. so I thought the smaller one, you know, would be more useful for that. But when I got there and saw the 14, I thought, oh. The 14's pretty guess, small. Yeah, but he's bigger. I mean, it's a box like this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyway, I got the bigger one. Where did you, where <laughs> did you get these from? Oh, I saw oh, an ad on eBay. And oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Hmm. No, that's cool. And I think that is a a foretelling of things to come. Yeah. There well, I figure purchases it's... Purchases to come. Because why else would you buy a 14-inch CRT monitor? Yeah. Hopefully the last CRT I ever need to buy, if it's <laughs> the best one I've ever owned, mm. you know, it I'm sure I'm sure like ten years ago people were trashing these things. Mm. But the good thing about CRT monitors, especially something that you've just picked up, which mm. is a popular brand, yeah. if it dies, you can fix it. You can buy oh, parts possibly, for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mm. just have to not kill yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can show you how to repair a monitor if you like. Yeah. I've done a couple of them. And I live to tell the story. Yeah, well it worked when they showed me, you know, testing it in the in the shop. Hmm. But when I got it home I haven't turned it on yet, so hmm. <laughs> who knows it might be broken already. So did you actually buy it for a reason or um Is that yet So to I'm be gonna need a CRT a at some point. Ah. I think. So for <laughs> He's, I think things. he's trying not to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. This is one well, of those oh. edge-of-your-seat moments. What's okay, Matt going to do? Yeah. So <laughs> I think I've mentioned maybe once to you that I also kind of want to get into doing repairs on things, retro things or maybe arcade things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And particularly arcade, you need, I'm pretty sure you need RGB inputs. Mm. So, no. Also, RGB mods on consoles. Yeah. That'd be nice. Mm. Yeah. I'd like that. Cool. I thought my TV had SCART inputs, but it doesn't. Or they're hidden away somewhere. 
Hmm. I thought it did, but... That's a nice TV that you've got. Yeah, I like CR, it. It's not CRT, it's rear projection, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I hope it lasts. <laughs> it might die at, one st- at some stage. It's pretty old now. I'm Let's actually see. starting to think I need to get a CRT because I had that and I still have that Commodore monitor, yeah. 1701, mm. I think it is. Mm. But it's been dead for a couple of years. And again, I might have spoken about this, but I know what the problem is. I know what parts I need. Do I have the time to repair it? I haven't had the time to repair it yet, and it's been years. Mm. So maybe I should just go and buy another CRT. Solve my problem. <laughs> you can put yeah, me onto your guy. My guy. But they've only... I actually bought the last 14. That oh, they you bastard. <laughs> they had a stack of nine-ish ones. <laughs> no, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nine or five. I don't know. They looked really small. They can't be five-inch. Five-inch is pretty small. Yeah. The screen is about as big as a CD. Yeah, if you square off a CD, mm. that's about how big the screen is on the small one. Mm. I don't know. But I was surprised, you know, like I said, I, I went there thinking I'll get that one. And then when I saw it, I thought, oh, no, it's too small. Again, I like underestimated the size. Is that it? Are you are you done, um, Matt? Am I done? <laughs> That's the only pickup. <laughs> it's impressive. Have you played any games? No, um, just hots. More <laughs> hots. <Yeah. laughs> okay. All right. It's up yeah. to you, John, to bring it home. Actually, there's more after that, but yeah. Is there? Uh, there's a couple of things we can talk about. Okay, cool. All right. Depends how much time we got, I guess. All right. Well, um, I've got a few things, but nothing like too big, I don't think. So the first thing is last time we talked about the switch controllers and how I got the wired... I don't know if it's even called a pro control. I'm confused whether or not it's called a pro control. Well, didn't Frax call it a... Pro Control, or is it something else? Well, I just thought maybe only the wireless one is called the Pro Control. Uh. I don't know. And I think the wired one is just called the wired controller. Um, so it doesn't have the uh, motion control, and it doesn't have... I don't think it has vibration, but anyway. Um, so I found out why other reasons why you might like a wireless controller over, you know, a, a wired controller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apart from the fact that you're attached to the console. Yeah. So, although I suppose it's related to that. Um, and I'm sure that there's people who maybe were listening to the podcast going, no, what about this, you idiot? You're not thinking about this. 
Anyway, I'll explain what happened. My friend came over. We were playing. I was showing him Splatoon. We were having a good old time. A good old time. A good old time, just the two of us mm-hmm. with um, Splatoon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just splatting paint everywhere. Spraying <laughs> your shit all over the place. <laughs> Various colors. Mm-hmm. Um, playing online. Lots of fun. He enjoyed it, which is good. Um, and we got a dinner and all that sort of stuff. Um, he brought his dog with him. And the dog was running through the lounge room. (laughs) (laughs) This is not sounding good so far. (laughs) And uh, just failed to judge the level of the the wire that was hanging across the room Uh from my friend playing the game to the switch sitting on the counter under the TV. Yeah, it was like one of those moments that... Did it go in slow motion? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You remember it in slow motion, and it couldn't have been more spectacular. <laughs> it was like the dog, he's like playing the game, he's all into it. The dog comes and runs, and then it's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> and he, my friend kind of like jumped forward to try and release the... Tension. Yeah. Um, but it was too late, and the console was pulled out of its nestled place (laughs) (laughs) and fell onto the floor and it's in the dock, right? And so it kind of, uh, yeah, it fell off the um, TV unit and then onto the floor sideways. And because the console just kind of sits in inside the dock and it's not locked in or anything. Mm. And then, so it fell over and the console went flying across, across the floor or like spinning around. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh my god <laughs> And it's one of those moments where you're like It's okay, it's okay It's, it's only a switch It's <laughs> only a switch No, that's not it's what I thought at all It's only a switch <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it's it's not likely broken Until I see that it's actually broken And I picked it, it up was And it, it looked broken? fine oh, okay. It looked fine And I put it back in it, you know, And obviously being out of the dock The little screen comes on <laughs> and uh, I put it back in the dock and it came back on the TV and I was like oh that that's was why people like wireless controllers <laughs> and then you continue playing yeah because the game was in- uninterrupted right yeah this is this is the virtue of the Switch <laughs> even something like that can happen and okay just continue yeah that was exactly it like the dog was still running around and we were like <laughs> it was like once it was like yeah it looks fine put it back in the dock put the dock back up on the TV unit and then it was like look back at the TV and then it was in the middle of an online game right too so Mm. it's like oh there's a guy there quick go get him (laughs) (laughs) we just continued from where we left off but uh yeah it was crisis it was a scary moment Mm. (laughs) and uh yeah then I was like oh so I mean for me I don't have a dog or children you have a cat we ha- I have a cat, but the cat doesn't do that. Hmm. She doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't do that. Play with you know wires and stuff. Yeah, that yeah. can happen. Mm, yeah. Probably less likely to be tearing through the house though. It's yeah. It's it doesn't happen in the same way, and also they're also more uh, precise. Like if she wanted to jump over that thing, 
she probably would <laughs> she wouldn't do like the dog like dogs are like i don't know well this dog in particular just was barrels through <laughs> too things. much adrenaline to yeah. um judge and also probably doesn't realize that it matters you know it could be a blade of grass for all he knows <laughs> um so yeah yeah cats are more flying. precise and acrobatic and all that kind of stuff but yeah. when they're not they're hilarious <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but but yeah i don't know my my cat doesn't really do that hmm. um she mostly just sits on the spot the only spot where i can sit to play the switch with the wide controller like the mm. closest the lounge closest spot to the tv that's her spot mm. and so i have to move her every time anyway <sighs> pet problems yeah so i can understand why people who own a dog or have children would be like this wireless controller is definitely worth the extra money because you wouldn't have that problem Mm. wouldn't be an issue mm. so that makes a lot of sense to me yeah but i'm glad that there's the option anyway it's good to have the option yeah yeah so that was uh something i felt that i had to be said a life lesson <laughs> hard learned but you got out of it unscathed <laughs> this time this time <laughs> yep still have two wireless wired controllers mm. um, one well i've got the joy cons they're wireless so and so how are you finding the switch i'm actually pretty interested in hearing how you're finding the switch a couple of weeks on um yeah pretty good i'm still playing through um still playing mario kart trying to do the 200 cc mm -hmm. it's very fast. <laughs> Otherwise known as the wipeout mode. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I, I don't know. I'm wondering if people... Because, you know, back in the day, 150cc, once you were accomplished at the game, you just played 150cc. Hmm. And if you didn't, then you basically suck. Hmm. Um, so pretty much everyone played 150. And I'm wondering if that's the same with 200. I feel like there's a lot of people who still just stick with 150 because... 200's like too crazy, like too fast. Hmm. Um, but didn't you say the um, the cheapness factor wasn't as much of an issue in 200cc? Because that sounds more appealing to me. Yes. I I think that is the case. There might be people that disagree with me, but it's it's not so much that the cheapness factor is less apparent, but that... Um, your driving ability in 200cc is so much more important. So if you can take the turns without making mistakes, then you're going to be well ahead. Hmm. And you do still get hit with things, but um, it doesn't matter as much because you're more ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, I find that as you go up through the power levels, your driving ability is more important and the randomness is less. Hmm. So, yeah. And when you're at 50, because the randomness is more involved, if you do happen to get hit a few times and then you end up mid-pack or at the back, if you're at the back, you've got no chance of getting back to first because as you make your way through the pack, you're just getting hit with stuff constantly. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, 
it probably depends on a lot of things. Sometimes if you get, say, three um, mushrooms or something and the pack is really condensed, which does happen a lot, and you can just get through without getting hit and then you're at the front without getting hit mm. and then you can, from there, drive well, then you can be okay. Mm. Sometimes you can get get yourself back to a front position. Mm. Like in Mario Kart, it's definitely not over till it's over. Like you can always come back, but yeah, sometimes there's definitely times when you just can't make it through the pack because you just keep getting hit with yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I think, yeah, in 200cc, if you drive well, you'll win consistently. Mm. Um, but it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Mm. You have to know the tracks really well. You have to know when to start the turns and how to do certain turns. Like, you're not um, drifting through all the turns. One of the things that I've done is switched characters. So I had my character. I was using my me character. Oh, um, no. Yeah, because there's <laughs> heaps of characters. And I think this is part of the DLC as well, but I was using my me character. And... Um, one of the cool things I liked about it was because I chose black as my favorite color. Depending on what color you choose, you get different paint jobs. Mm-hmm. And with black on some of the bikes, you get like a flame paint job. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, this is really cool. And I had the um, the moped with a flame. <laughs> I was like, this is my bike. <laughs> and I kept using that. But then when it got to 200cc, the handling just wasn't high enough um, to win. Mm-hmm. So I just couldn't some turns I couldn't get around so I switched to Yoshi and like with high handling a high handling cart and wheels Mm. and that made it heaps easier so now I'm using him and it's much easier to get around the corners yeah because I think it I don't know if weight is a factor and I think grip is a factor as well but all these things um, make a big difference to how much when you start your power slide how much it actually throws you into the power slide. Right. Um, when you have a lighter character with more grip and better handling, I think. I don't know specifically how it works, but I know with when I use Yoshi as opposed to my me character um, with the high handling and stuff, I am sliding into the corner a lot less. So right. it enables me to take the turns at a tighter angle, yep. which is just necessary because whenever you have like S-bends and stuff, you might be able to take the first corner fine, and but then the second one, there's just not enough time to to turn. Yeah, to switch basically. angles. Yeah. 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 So, so I found that it's necessary to use uh, a cart and a character with better handling. Hmm. So yeah, that's what I've been doing and it seems to be working pretty well and I'm trying to work through all the cups because apparently I read that Basically, the only unlockable in the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe version is a gold Mario character um, right. or color. And you have to get a star in 200cc on every cup. Or, no, you have to get at least one star on every cup. But if you do it on 200, it counts it for all the previous ones. Right. <laughs> that probably doesn't make much sense when you don't know the game very well. But No, yeah, I can see what you're saying. Mm, but it doesn't count it on mirror, so there's mirror. So there's 50, oh. 100, 150, mirror, which is 150cc, but with all the, ca- the tracks mirrored. Yep. And then 200cc. So presumably there's a 200cc mirrored. 
Uh, possibly, but it's not so. in the menu at this stage, so yeah. it might need to be unlocked. It'll be there. <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying to get to that. Even though I don't care about Gold Mario, I'm just doing it for the sake of yeah. getting my money's worth and playing the game. Yeah, yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Definitely fun, but it's, yeah, it's hard to... It is not easy. Mm. So, yeah, I was playing that some more. And so, yeah, the, going back to your question anyway, I guess with the Switch. I mean, I've been enjoying playing the games. Um, Do you play uh, mostly on the TV or on the the portable, screeny, doobie, wacker? <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty, much, pretty much exclusively on the TV at this mm. stage. I did get Stardew Valley, which I was playing sometimes in bed. But I was finding that game is so... It's hard to put down because you finish a day and then you feel like you want to start the next day. Like, And I don't, I don't know if you... Have you ever seen that game or played it or know I anything I know about? the name, but I'm struggling to remember what game it is. Matt's looking at me knowingly. No. no. Um, what's it like? Okay, so it's basically... Um, I mean, I haven't played it probably enough to give it a full a really good idea of what it is um but you it's it's an rpg but it also has these kind of farming elements in it um so you have at the beginning you can plant crops and you chop down trees and you can use like the wood that you gather from chopping down trees to build different things there's all this crafting in it where you can make all these different things and and you can earn money from the crops that you grow um, you can also have animals and you can make money from having those animals hmm. like a farming type simulator um, you can do like you can build like a thing that like makes conserves so if you have berries you can turn them into conserves and stuff like that hmm. um, you also have like metalworking stuff and stone and there's heaps of crafting in it but it's also an RPG, so right. you go into town and you talk to all these different people. Um, You're and going there's... through dungeons and things like that? or So this is a part of it which I didn't even know was in it until more recently. I ha actually haven't played it for a while. Like I got it early on and um, I haven't played it for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, so there is like a cave and you go into the cave and you... Um, this guy comes along and he's like, oh, you should join the Adventurers Guild, but first you have to kill 10 slimes. <laughs> and you have to, he gives you a sword and you have to kill some slimes to get into the Adventurers Guild, which I've, I've killed the slimes, but I haven't gone back to the Adventurers Guild. But I keep going back into the cave because there's levels in the cave, so kind of like a dungeon. It feels very Diablo-esque, like you go down a level hmm. and explore that space. But I've been going back there because there's ore. Like I was trying to gather um, copper or bronze ore, copper ore, so that I could upgrade my tools hmm. so that I could speed up my farming processes. Yeah, because okay. you basically... I got to a stage where I was planting all these crops and I'd plant all these seeds and then you have this energy bar so you can only do so much in one day. You can eat food to replenish your energy. Um, but obviously that 
you know, cost money or you have to have the resources to make the food. Hmm. But I was at a stage where with all my crops, just to wa- you have to water them every day. Just to water them all would use all my energy and I'd have to eat food if I wanted to do anything else. <laughs> so I think the thing was that basically I'm not really meant to have that many crops. I was making lots of money, right. but I was spending the whole day just watering crops and then I'd get to like 11 a.m. and all the crops are watered and if I didn't want to go into town, there was not really anything else to do. Hmm. And so I'd be like, well, I can't go to sleep. It's 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't... I think you can in the game. I've never tried actually going to sleep that early. Um, I would just like go into town and talk to people or find some other reason to go into town, hmm. um, which there's always a reason to, to do stuff, to do other stuff. But uh, I think that the game tries to balance you out in that way and encourage you to do things other than that with that energy mechanic. Mm, mm. So, which it worked because that's part of what led me to finding the cave and all that sort of stuff. I just right. went exploring because I had no energy left. Yep. You can walk around, but if you try and use any of your tools, it uses some of your energy. Mm. If you get to if you deplete your energy, you pass out. <laughs> And then oh, okay. I think you wake up in hospital and it costs you some money or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I, it's only happened once. So you you killing slimes, is this related to that series of games? What's it called? Dragon something or other? I don't think so. Hmm. I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> Dragon's Keep talking. Quest. Dragon's Quest. Is that what you mean? That's, yeah. that's super RPG, isn't it? I'm thinking it's more like Animal Crossing. Yeah, I think it, it does is, sound like. Animal I think it Crossing. is a lot like Animal Crossing, and I don't have any experience with that game. And I think it is like a spiritual successor to that mm. game. So, yeah, um, I'm typing it in, having a look. <laughs> I definitely be having some fun with it, and it's a really relaxing game to play. But uh, and I was playing it in bed, but I was finding it was keeping me up because I kept wanting to play the next day. Like I water my crops do all the stuff I wanted to do and I'm always trying to get to the next thing like whether it's because whether I need to gather a certain resource or um, just trying to make money or whatever it is um, I would always want to once I because when you go to sleep it saves your game so you kind of finish the day and then that's like a natural ending but then you wake up the next day and you want to keep going so I yeah, so I was doing that, but I haven't done that because basically I need to sleep instead of playing games. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I just looked it up and no, it's not related to Dragon's Quest. Oh. <laughs> it's just the fact you said slimes, it's sort of, yeah. Aren't slimes in, in that slimes game? in heaps of games. Okay. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that's the only game really that I played in like tablet mode. Um, I did play Mario Kart in tablet mode when I was on holidays. That was fun. It was nice to just be away from, like, the lounge room. Hmm. Like, I was out in the backyard. Well, backyard. It was like a nice outdoor dining area. Mm-hmm. So, when we were on holidays, did that. Um, but apart from that, it's all been on the main TV at home hmm. in times when I... Have time and, to play games. And the only difference is that it's bigger, right, when it's on the TV? Yep. 
Yeah, okay. So I actually found... Um, is four. the um, is the Switch the little screen touch screen? Uh, I believe it is. Okay. I feel like that's something I should know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Someone can correct us. Yeah. Yeah. Or I can just check when I get home. Yeah, true. <laughs> um Yeah, so for for Stardew Valley, I actually after playing it in tablet mode, I find I I can't play it on the TV. And I think part of it probably is cuz my couch is so far away from the TV, but it's too small. Like it's mm. clearly designed to be played in tablet mode. Yeah, okay. Um I mean, the game was designed to be played on a PC, I think, really, anyway. Hmm. Like, you're using a mouse cursor a lot of the time, which is obviously not ideal for a controller. Hmm. Um, and it can be... The controls can be a bit... a bit a bit janky. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's fun anyway. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, thoughts on the Switch? Thumbs up? Still really enjoying it? Oh, yeah, no, I... It's really, really good. I mean, yeah, I, I can't compare it to the other current generation of consoles, mm. but um, I'm really enjoying the console. Mm. Um, I hope they bring out some more older games on it. Like, they've got a lot of the Neo Geo games on it. I'd be really happy if they start putting some of the older games I know that that's something that's been talked about, like the virtual console yeah. thing. Um, so I hope that happens. Hmm. Yeah. Especially, yeah, cool. you know, like with Neo Geo having the, the arcade versions, which you basically can't get unless you play the arcade or an actual Neo Geo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of resistant to getting a Switch, but... When um, Bayonetta 3 finally gets released, I probably will pick one up mm-hmm. just for that game. Even though I did buy a Wii U just for Bayonetta 2 and that game didn't grab me um, and I didn't finish it, mm. I, I'm still keen to play Bayonetta 3 when it finally gets released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the game I definitely want to visit. I, I find it hard to evaluate the console just on its own merits I'm not someone who really is into any of the stats or anything. Yeah, like, I, I don't, know I don't care about that stuff yeah, either. I know it's not probably obviously not as powerful as, you know, the PS4 or Xbox. Hmm. But um I mean I love the portability of it. The Joy-Cons are cool. Um you know, people who aren't into games are really impressed when you show them <laughs> how that all works. Hmm. Um I I really like that it was so easy to get the four controllers because one thing I've been burnt on in the past with, I don't know if it happened with the Dreamcast, but with the GameCube, uh, I went out and bought controllers and I had four controllers and I don't know if I ever used them, mm. um, which is I think that's me as kind well. of frustrating. Yeah, but um, at least with the Switch, you it comes with two mm. in a way because the Joy Cons turn into two controllers and i don't know if you obviously they're limited you know and you probably couldn't use them for everything but for mario kart like it's you know fine Hmm. um and i'm sure there's people that probably hate using them but 
I was playing 200cc with a Joy-Con. Mm. And and yeah, it's not as it's probably not as comfortable and there's a few moments where maybe my inputs would have been slightly hampered, but I didn't find it to be that much different. But you uh, still got analog control on those Joy-Cons, right? Yeah. And you've got shoulder buttons? Yep. That's all you need. The only thing that's weird about them is that the the joysticks are offset, so on the left one, it's up the top, and on the right one, it's down the bottom, um, which obviously means that when you turn them sideways, it means that the joystick's always on the left, but with, uh, I think it's the red one, which is on the right hand, it's more centered than uh, the okay. blue one, which is yep. the left. Right. So it's kind of your thumbs more to the right on the red one. Mm-hmm. Which means that the shoulder buttons feel like they're in a different spot too, even though they're yeah, probably okay. really the same spots. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it does feel a bit weird, mm. but it's fine. Mm. That's mm. the one you give to your younger sibling. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, like that's it's. I actually thought about it, and this is like typical me, and like you know, I always worry about stupid stuff. But I was thinking about how oh, I'm going to give the Joy Cons to my friends to use and I'm going to use the wired controller because then they can sit back on the couch and I'll sit like on the closest spot. And I was thinking, are they going to look at this and go, oh, you're just giving us the shitty controllers. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no, I just want you to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) But of course that didn't happen. Um, Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But yeah, I actually have a bit of a conundrum So, leading into some other stuff that I've been playing, um, I started playing, because I bought Kingdom Hearts 2 on PlayStation 2, Mm -hmm. started playing that, and so far, I definitely can feel, you know when you play like a game that's well-designed, you can feel that it's well-designed. So, so far, I feel that, although... It also does have that typical, like, Japanese RPG Hmm. um, feel to it where the story is, like, super slow and I'm just snoozing while nothing's happening. (laughs) Mm. Um, I have to be honest and say nothing has ever compelled me to play a Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah, well, I mean, the only thing, the main thing that compels me is just that I know that other people love them and oh, yeah, it's got that a I'm very just open passionate to, fan base. to trying it because, yeah. no, that's good. you know. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, I just want to see if it's something that I'll enjoy and mm. I'm willing to just sit through the the slowness that, you know, in the past I probably wouldn't have sat through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess it's just a different type of storytelling. It's like this storytelling where it's like, it's like the big, it's like, it just holds on to everything. It doesn't tell you anything that's going on. And then, you know, towards the end, there's like a big release where it will, mm. you'll go, oh, shit. Oh, my God, that guy is that guy. <laughs> you know, or something <laughs> like that. So um, that's kind of like what I'm waiting to happen. Um, but, yeah, still waiting for that. I mean, mm. there's, I think I've had one kind of little reveal but um, part of what's kept me going anyway with it is that some of the voice acting has been quite good. Like it's got, um, 
uh, guy who's recognizable, which I probably should have looked up who it was, but I guess being associated with Disney, maybe they had some, you know, real actors yeah. as part of it. Um, but there's a big difference, I guess, when you have an accomplished actor, I suppose, doing a, a part. Mm. And that's made a difference to me, like wanting to keep playing. Because as soon as I heard that voice, I was like, okay, this is in- this is intriguing me now. Like, I want to know yeah, what's cool. going on with these characters. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so far it's basically been kind of mini games. Um, I mean, I'm not far into it. Only three hours or something. Three mm. hours? That seems like a lot, but... Not for a JRPG, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels like I'm scratching the surface, like I'm not even at 5%. Yeah, you haven't even got out of the yeah. character creation yet. Not that you create <laughs> characters, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm still in like the the, the main town, the first town. Hmm. So, yeah, so basically still just figuring out what the main character is and why he's the chosen one to carry the Keyblade. Hmm. Or not even, he doesn't even know what it is yet, you know, he doesn't know anything. <laughs> Yeah, so but I'm I'm definitely keen to play it some more and see what happens. Um, so, but I'm got a bit of a conundrum now because, as you guys knew, you know the Wii was like my early birthday present, and that was the you Switch. Know, the Switch was the early birthday <laughs> present. Wii. Jesus. Where did that come from? Where did um, the Wii come from? <laughs> I really need to wait. No. Um, <laughs> uh, and so my birthday's come around and... Oh, happy birthday, by the way. It's tomorrow. It is tomorrow. Yeah. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. <laughs> Matt's just shaking his head. Yeah, he's not partaking he, he in any sing. of his silliness. <laughs> um, so I got another RPG, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, and I, started playing I did that. not know that. And I also had those feelings of a good game that's being good about stuff. Hmm. Yeah. So and the things. Yeah. So it's. So I started that too, and now like, what do I do? What do you mean? What do you do? You play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> it's supposed to be a great game. Yeah. Are I you mean, enjoying it or? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I haven't played much of it. Hmm. Um, I haven't played much at all. Like, I played probably forty-five minutes or something. Okay. So. Um, I can't recall if we've talked about this, but uh, do you like Zelda? And if so, yes. what Zelda games have you played in the past? Yeah, so I guess I guess I uh, uh, mm, I can't really put a name to it, but basically, I never played any of the earlier games. Hmm. I mean, I didn't didn't ever have a Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, I didn't really have a SNES. I only had it for like a couple of months. Hmm. Um, so you wouldn't have played Link to the Past? No, right. never played that. Which is the best one, right? in my opinion. So we were always Sega growing up and then Sony PlayStation. Um, but then my dad got an N64, so I played Ocarina of Time. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me, actually, something else that I have to talk about. We'll get there. Um, so I played Ocarina of Time, and I really enjoyed playing that. Um, 
I think that was my first experience with a kind of Metroidvania style. I mean, not Metroidvania, but I don't know. RPG style. Uh, I think Zelda does you, have me- Metroidvania el- you elements. Have, yeah, you have dungeons. You, and you, you get have, items and then you go back and do things yeah. that you couldn't do before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe I should say not. It's. Yeah. Just has those elements. So I'd say my first experience with that kind of game. I mean, mm. I never played any Metroid games before that or, yeah, anything like that. Probably mm. the closest thing before that would have been like Rayman. Right. Because um, that has those kinds of elements. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I really loved playing that game. and Which one was it, sorry? Ocarina of Time. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was a, there's just so much in it. Like there was lots of mini games. I remember just really enjoying doing all the little stuff that mm. you know, collecting heart containers and yeah. that's what uh, Zelda's great at. Yeah, and like doing races on the horse and mm. stuff like that. Mm. All the little things, extra things, which I don't even know how I knew about it. I must have looked it up online, I guess. Um. Yeah, so I really enjoyed playing that game and I played it to death. And I didn't play Majora's Mask, but then I did play the one that was on the Wii, uh, Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess, yeah. yeah. I really liked that game. Yeah, yeah. Did you play that, Matt? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I remember not liking it as much. As no, I didn't like it as much as, say, Link to the Past, which is just the best Zelda game, in my opinion, right. and also one of the best games ever made. Yeah. Um, but Twilight Princess was a great game still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's uh, Wind Waker, which I said before that I didn't give the time to, which I'd like to go back one day. Mm. Um, yeah, so basically that's my experience with Zelda, I guess. I wouldn't say that I'm a huge Zelda fan or anything, but I really enjoyed playing Ocarina of Time and mm. I love the idea of the more open world style game which is what this one is supposed to be so yeah I'm really looking forward to getting into it some more no, that's and cool. I suppose yeah like you said there's kind of no contest between a game that I'm really excited to play and one that I'm just playing because it's supposed to be good mm. <laughs> so but it's it's kind of a shame because I don't want to have to I don't want to put down Kingdom Hearts and never come back to it mm. I've I definitely want to come back to it, hmm. so I will definitely do that at some stage. But when that's going to be, I mean, I can't even imagine myself playing through Zelda. Hmm. So who knows when that's going to be? Yeah, but uh, it goes back to that sort of time commitment you need to put into modern games now because hmm. they do expect thirty, forty hours yeah. hours out of you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, who knows what Kingdom Hearts will have actually there was one other thing about that game that was compelling me to play it some more which is there is all these little flashback moments that i've seen so far and as i've gone along there's been more and more revealed Mm. and (laughs) there's all these shots like the last one had all these shots with all these different disney characters there's like aladdin and then you know the little mermaid and like all these different characters and i was like oh my god I really want to have that interaction with like those characters, not because I'm huge into Disney or anything, but mm. just because I know 
the characters and just want to see how 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 are they going to fit those into a kind of RPG mm. style game? Yeah, it's interesting. It looks like Goofy and Donald Duck are somehow majorly involved with it. So mm. it's funny you mention those names, and that brings up to me visions of like the Mega Drive games. Mm. You know, like the Donald Duck games, the the Little Mermaid, yeah. um, Aladdin, those sort of things. It's it's more. It feels like to me more of a Sega property mm. than a Disney property, mm. which is kind of weird. But yeah, yeah, I'm not sure of the specifics of it in that case. But um, yeah, cool. <laughs> yes. So the one other thing I wanted to mention was um, uh, I also got some other games for my birthday. So one of them Bloody was hell. Yeah, I know. I've been raking it in. <laughs> This has been Jeez. a very lucrative birthday. My God. <laughs> By the way, where's my birthday? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um. Oh, here's the cake. It's arriving now. It's, see this Twinkie here that Matt ate? Oh. It was meant to be your cake, but oh. um, I'm sorry. You son of a bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got Mortal Kombat 3 on Super Nintendo. Oh, really? But it didn't work. Oh. Doesn't, how? Like it doesn't boot or... Uh, yeah, it didn't turn on. So I gave the things a clean, but I noticed it is a European version hmm. because it had the little EUR in the code. So I thought, I guess that's why it doesn't work. I mean, I have other games that work fine. Hmm. Um, I cleaned the pins and also I, it came from Games Traders and I thought that they would test everything that they sell. Yeah, I um, think they do. You would imagine so, mm. considering the premiums that are involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just assumed it was because of the the region. Maybe that one was somehow region locked. But I don't know if anyone out there can give us more information. I mean, I know I could Google it, but having a conversation sometimes is fun too. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, But I ended up taking it back. And I swapped it for Starwing. Ah, right. Which yeah. should be yeah. Star Fox. Exactly. So isn't this more region issue? It says Australia. It says AUS on it. Yeah, maybe maybe it was Starwing in Australia. I don't remember oh, this I myself. Remember being but mm. Yeah, I knew Starwing was a particular region. Yeah, I can't remember which one. Yeah. But to me, it was always Star Fox. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess I remembered as Star Fox, but also um, the one on N64 is called Lilat Wars. Called what now? Okay, that sounds familiar, but I still don't think that was this region, was it? I always remembered it as Lilat Wars. Hmm. My stomach's making noises. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, that was a weird thing, but... It made me think about something else. And if you didn't like 3D games on N64, what did you oh, think about them on the SNES? Oh, shit on the SNES. <laughs> yeah. Star Fox. I know it has its fans, but I think it's a terrible game. Well, that's interesting, okay, because I got it and I thought, well, the first thing I'm going to do when I get home is plug it in and make sure it works because of, you know, dodgy game traders, man, which said, <laughs> you know, well, I said to him, ah. Oh, 
Yeah, I think it's because it doesn't work, this Mortal Kombat 3, because I think it's European. And he's like, it shouldn't matter. And I'm like, well, it didn't work. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And he was fine, but I was kind of... He, he was saying that there's no region locking. But I anyway. didn't think so. But or no, he said... Knows. He said, Europe, same region, or something like that. And I'm hmm. like, oh, okay. I don't know. Didn't work. I had swapped it for something else. So, anyway, I get home, put the uh, Star Wing in the console, switch it on. Actually, didn't work. And then I looked at the pins, and, well, the the, the um, cart was yellow as, and the pins were terrible, but I hmm. cleaned them, and then it worked after that. Right. Um and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll give this a go, play the first level. And I'm like, cool, yeah, that's pretty cool, go into the second level. And I was really enjoying myself. Really? And I played through the whole game. <laughs> what, first time? First time playing? No, I got to the last level and died. Oh, right. Okay. But I could have continued, but I decided not to. Save it. It's not super long, I guess, but I ended up just playing through the whole game because I was enjoying myself so hmm. much. And I only stopped because I wasn't really meant to be playing. I needed to do other things. Hmm. And I would have kept going. If I if I had actually decided to sit down and play it, I would have kept going and I probably would have finished it. But um, I ended up just playing the whole game because it was really hmm. fun. But, so, yeah, go ahead. You like light gun games. Is that why Star Fox slash Wing you enjoyed? Because I always felt it was kind of just a non-rails shooter. Maybe. Um, well, I mean, this leads me to something else that I was going to sort of bring up. But um, before I do, one thing I will say, though, is that the frames was... It was terrible. Like, it was... It felt like 20 frames a second Slide a lot of the time. Sort of yeah. And if there was a lot going on, it would just drop so many frames. Mm. And, I mean, that sucks. But I still had fun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And sometimes it's almost like, I don't know, it's it's almost like going into slow-mo. <laughs> mm. But you did have to kind of anticipate what was going to happen. Mm. So you kind of had to think, well, I'm going to aim here because I know that that means by the time that enemy gets there, he's going to be in my firing arc. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it has anything to do with light gun games. I've never... I did have Lilat Wars on... I guess it's called Lilat Wars. That's what I remember it being called on N64, hmm. the Star Fox game. And I enjoyed that. Um, but I was thinking, I wonder if I would enjoy playing like Space Harrier or like Afterburner. Whenever I've tried to play those games, I've never enjoyed them, but I don't know if I've given it a real good go or not. Yeah, I feel a bit the same. I know they're well regarded, but I've never enjoyed them. But yeah, it's probably worth a revisit. Because, mm. like you were saying, I don't think I've ever actually given it a good shot, mm. and I kind of felt the same way about a lot of games, including Daytona, which right. <laughs> Matt and I played in New Zealand recently, yeah. and I really enjoyed. Yeah, right. And surprised myself. So yeah, that would maybe surprise coming, me too. Maybe coming into these games later on, you appreciate them more for for what they are. Maybe, yeah, possibly. I really, I really enjoyed it. I think one of the things about uh, Star Wing or Star Fox is that they made it really clear what you needed to shoot at because they mm. gave it that really bright yellow and red flashing polygon texture. Mm-hmm. 
um, I think that actually helps a lot. Mm. So, but I'll definitely have to give Afterburner and Space Harrier a go and just see. Mm. I love the look of Space Harrier. Every yeah. time I've tried to play Afterburner, though, I just don't know what's going on. There's too much. It's too fast. Like I just yeah. maybe that's a big difference between that and Star Fox. Like Star Fox is very slow in comparison. Mm. I don't know if you can slow down in Afterburner. Obviously, you have the Afterburner. I think you can speed up. Yeah. Mm. But maybe not but slow down. Did people like Afterburner? Was uh, it really it's famous? Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. And it had the awesome cat, the cockpit. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I, I, I don't, don't remember the game being. Yeah, great. I don't hear. I don't remember hearing anyone saying it was a great game, but mm. it was sort of just a, a moment in time, perhaps. Mm. It's mm. really cool. But Space Harrier. Um, I think more people appreciate Space Harrier. Mm-hmm. But I've, it's never captured me but yeah it's worth a revisit i think mm. yeah yeah i'll definitely give it a shot mm. so yeah i think that's pretty much me cool yeah We could go into some things that have been happening recently in the world of gaming. Yep. One of these things that are, you know, on the cusp of being released and brought upon the world is the Iron Maiden pinball machine by ah. Stern. So it might have <laughs> been yesterday or a couple of days ago where they, where Stern announced that Iron Maiden is officially the next pinball machine that they are releasing. Yep. Everyone's hanging out and waiting to see actual pictures of what the game looks like. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think of a potential Iron Maiden pinball machine? Any thoughts? Any comments? I mean, out of all the 80s heavy metal bands they could pick, this is probably the best one. Hmm. Yeah, that's a fair point. So they, you know, so they dot, you know, they got Metallica, mm-hmm. which I hate the art on. You I hate the art on Yeah, that's yeah, no, terrible. That's oh, controversial. Then you got ACDC. It's good. <laughs> ACDC is a different, decent theme, I think. Yeah. You know, and, and so what else is there? What do you Aerosmith. mean the art's terrible? <laughs> I, I just don't read it at all. And you so, just don't like it yeah. Is that because it's sort of comic book style? I guess so. Yeah, as opposed to, I don't know, what was Metallica art? I guess it was a little bit more serious. I think any art that they did was like that, but... Yeah, I don't think they had a lot of that style. I suppose. Mm. Well, I mean, it was probably more on what like tour shirts and stuff. And ah, uh, so the the shirts had the ah, uh, I forget the artist's name now. There's a particular artist that did not the album covers but other things. Yeah, mm. which tend to be the shirts and that. Right, right. and that was like hand drawn mm. things. I guess a bit like that, but still, I don't, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so moving on. So the Kiss Machine no, looks I, really good. I think that's, that's a, a decent theme as well. You know, Aerosmith is yeah, whatever. 
But I think Iron Maiden, potentially... Potentially, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of imagery that would work really well. Oh, yeah, there's so much fantastic Iron Maiden art. Yeah. I'm not into the band, but I love the artwork. Yeah, the, the one thing that has me concerned, though, is that the reveal of what the machine is is called Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast. Mm. And um, the current sort of stuff out there at the moment called Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast is, one, a mobile game on phones okay mm. and two a comic book mm. so i've looked at both of those things and the art's not terrible mm. but it doesn't look like the original 80s artwork mm. and so the pinball machine's based on this mobile game artwork or comic book artwork yeah i think that's going to be a bit of mm. a, a missed opportunity yeah. i would say it's an interesting thing and i think as someone who is reading comic books um, there's some insight to be had with comic book art. There's a big difference between like cover art and what's inside the yeah. pages. Yeah, it's true. So a lot of the time, and and that's why you see um, they'll release the same issue with like four different art, like covers, because they often have will have different artists do covers, and they they spend. I mean, I get it's almost like the difference between a TV show and a movie. They spend way more time just on the cover and make it look really awesome and obviously have, like, a really great artist. Um, and then they'll have someone who is not as ex as expensive, I guess, or, you know, experienced um, do the inside. But it's not just that. It's about the time that's spent on it. Like, it's just not as much time spent on mm -hmm. the inside art. Mm -hmm. And so... This, it's the same with like album covers and that sort of thing like that if you had an Iron Maiden um, comic it makes a lot of sense what you said because you would have album art style as the cover but then on the inside it's never going to be the same because mm -hmm. it just can't be done It's it would be too much work to do yeah, a yeah. full comic with that style of art yep. it just would never happen and yep. the cover looks awesome just like the album covers would look awesome, mm. but it's never going to be like that throughout the whole comic. And yep. maybe with a pinball machine, it's the same, but it probably, I don't think it should be because this is a really expensive piece of, of, um, art, I guess, or machinery, you know? Mm, mm. Um, and I think that with the Metallica game, you know, the dirty Donny art is like high quality across the whole, machine but i um i don't know obviously lots of people love it uh i feel like with dirty donny art it's not as strongly associated with the metallica brand even though mm. obviously they're associated maybe for people who are like really big fans but um i didn't know about him before the pinball machine yeah, and I saw pics and stuff with the Dirty Donny art, and I was like, "What the hell? They've got like Metallica pics with the same art as the Pinball Machine." And then I realized, no, it's because he does their art hmm. um, when they have that style of art. Yeah, um, and I think when you know the band more, it ties in better. But compared to like how Iron Maiden obviously have that very specific art, it's tied in with their brand more. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think it's also tied in with an artist that is no longer working for them. 
So ah. Matt probably knows more about this than I do, but the original artist with Iron Maiden, I don't know, he left, what, in the 90s or something like that? Um, or, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, but, but either way, the, the old stuff huh. looks fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. The, the stuff after he left still looks okay, but mm. it's not the same. Yeah. So it's you're probably expecting a little bit too much for it to be that old iconic art yeah is that too much still i mean it's available and it looks amazing so why wouldn't they use it yeah so it'd be a shame if if it isn't that yeah but i just get the the feeling it's not going to be that because couldn't you uh there's enough art out there the existing stuff you could probably just take an album cover and make what people are saying yeah Yeah, like you wouldn't have to make new stuff slap it on there and you're done (laughs) and it looks amazing yeah yeah yeah, you can almost guarantee it's not going to happen. Oh, I think part of the problem, though, too, is Stern. Uh, and I don't know if it's that they have a particular attitude or perspective on certain things like art, um, but I feel like not enough attention is paid to that sort of thing. Because yeah, if I you agree. look at like games from the 80s, like if you think about games like Fathom and... Um, is it Spectrum? Which Spectrum, one's the one you have? Centaur, Xenon. Yeah, like those games. All those games like, look incredible. It's different to the Iron Maiden art because it's maybe a different theme or style, but it has that depth and quality to it. Mm. It looks like a work not, of art. Yeah, and that's yeah. why isn't that in modern games? Mm. And I think the only reason is because the resources aren't allocated for it to happen, basically. Mm. You know, and whether it's because of cost or because it's not seen as important, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think that just Stern is not valuing that art. And it. I wonder if part of it is that more attention was paid to the art on the playfield when the game was simpler. You know, when there wasn't so many ramps and toys and stuff. I mean, there, there wasn't even toys like on... Those games that we talked about, like Centaur and, you know... Xenon. Uh, Fathom. Yep. I mean, the idea of having a toy wasn't actually a thing. Yeah. You know? Um, and also, I think with most modern machines being licenses, they, um, they're they more beholden to the license holders, so hmm. they have particular art assets that they have to use Mm. and they need to be uh, arranged in a certain way so that also restricts them from having that artistic freedom Mm. Um, and I think also with the way the market is at the moment they're also also risk averse yeah so they're not just going to get an artist to come along and say go nuts yeah make something stupidly weird and bizarre like centaur yeah like xenon yeah when you look at them and you go, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Um, you can't... It, it's not immediately understandable what's going on, mm. but it does look beautiful. Yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think it's just kind of where we are at the moment. Yeah. I think I see I see the same thing in, in uh, like, Aerosmith too. I mean, I think I really dislike the animations in Aerosmith. Um, and I feel like that their objective is not to create a product that is um, the best it can be. 
Hmm. I think they are working within a time budget and obviously a, a money budget hmm. and they just produce a product yeah. that they hope is good. Yeah. Um, I think it's different to like with Jersey Jack where they're trying to produce a product and with, you know, um, total nuclear annihilation, I think mm. that both in those instances, those guys are trying to produce something that is really cool and is the best it can be. Mm. And I don't think Stern are doing that. No. And I think that's why, to me, the animations in Aerosmith are just really average. Yeah. They're just placehold, like they're they're just there. No, they definitely because look they like have to be there. Yeah, and the font is crap. Yeah, like choose a better font. Like it's not that hard to get a, a nice font. Mm. You know, and whether it's because of a lack of experience in design or, um, I don't know. It's definitely not looking at it and going, "Is that the best it can be?" You know? Yeah, I think JJP Jersey Jack Pinball are doing an amazing job at that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're they are trying to produce works of art. They are mm. doing amazing things with the animations in the LCD. Yep. Um, those guys are, are certainly a level above by a long yeah. way. Yeah. All right, well, um, we'll move on from Iron Maiden, but Iron Maiden will be, or the artwork and the game itself will be revealed in a matter of hours. So everything we've talked about is probably going to be laughed at and scoffed. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to look like idiots, but yeah, let's, uh, let's hope it looks good. It's going to be the one that Gary Stern said, spare no expense. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to look amazing. Let's hope so. Oh, I mean, it does look amazing. Indeed. <laughs> so one more thing, and we've probably got only five minutes to go. Um, the Commodore 64 Mini is mm. about to be released. Mm. Have either of you guys heard of this? I've heard of it. Right. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we all know the Super Nintendo Mini, the NES Mini. They're tiny versions of a prior console from back in the day, but with games already pre-installed inside them, probably about 30 games. Um, HDMI out, so you can plug in a HDMI cable, plug it straight in your TV, it all works. You can use save states, all that kind of stuff. So the Commodore 64 Mini is one of those. It's a Commodore 64, but it's one of those little tight mm -hmm. packages you can just plug in your TV. Now, I don't know who's creating this. Mm. It's not a Nintendo. Nintendo mm. would create a product that is going to be of high quality. Mm. They wouldn't release something that's going to shit all over their properties. Mm. So you know that's going to be a good thing. The Commodore 64 Mini, who knows? Mm. Um, in a matter of days, we will know because it's released. A couple of people have actually got them and have reviewed them, but I haven't watched it okay. just it's not, yet. It's not made by At Games, is it? I don't know who At Games is. <laughs> what do you mean? Did You're obviously make, not paying attention. Did they make your Mega Drive yes, thing right? The <laughs> shittiest <laughs> piece of plastic. It could be. That is the only be. thing that plays my Golden Axe 2 cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably should have looked at the reviews, but like, how small is it? Uh, it's tiny. It's probably about. I'm making hand motions at oh. the moment, but about that big. Okay. What would you call that? Um, Six to eight inches. Like a switch. Yeah, probably. And then, <laughs> and then like so. The, does the, the keyboard, keyboard doesn't work? The keyboard doesn't but work. But oh. you can plug in a USB keyboard. 
which fully works, and then you got access to Commodore 64 Basic, and you can yeah. code stuff. So does, it, is it, it pressable keys? No. See, I thought this was important because I thought a lot of games, you the space bar is like the second button. Yeah. So is, does the space bar at least work? It comes with a joystick that has more than one button. Oh. That is for, I think it has the function keys as well as the space bar oh, as yeah, well as the fire button. Yeah. So it's well, actually so you, thought about these things. You have to take your hand off the controller no. to press another button? Or use your foot. <laughs> I used to use my foot. <laughs> foot on space bar. Yeah. I can imagine a lot of space bars getting destroyed that way. Or getting really smelly. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, I think the verdict is still out about the Commodore 64 Mini, but I do have one. Of, I have two coming. I feel oh. a little bit embarrassed to say I have two coming, but I have two coming. <laughs> one I'm going to actually use, one I'm going to store away in my collection and, you know, <laughs> let it gather dust. Nice. <laughs> um, but just quickly, because we've only got a very brief amount of time, I'm going to go down the list of games that are included in this mm -hmm. thing. And probably only you, Matt, has comment, mm -hmm. but maybe you or I can just quickly talk about some of these games, what we think might be interesting so, Alley Cat, just jump in if you find something that's interesting. Mm. Anarchy, The Ark of Yesod, Armalite, Avenger, Battle Valley, Boulder Dash. Mm. Boulder Dash so is everybody a knows game. that, yeah. Yeah. I like the board game, Boulder Dash. No, yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> Boulder Dash is a great game. Really like that. Bounder. What, Down the C64 game. game or the board game? C64 game. Oh. Yeah. So I don't think I played that. You haven't played Bounder? No. Okay. It's a... And maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I hope I'm right, but it's... You play as a... It's like a tennis ball, and you bounce on tiles as huh. the screen automatically scrolls upwards. Yeah. And you've got to dodge things while you huh. bounce across. It's a cool game. California Games. Footbag. Previously discussed. <laughs> Footbag. <laughs> But is that the version with Frisbee? Flying I mean, disc. Flying disc. Flying disc. <laughs> Chips Challenge, Confusion, Cosmic Causeway, Creatures. Creatures mm. is good. Yeah. That's a great game. Cyberdyne Warrior. That's another great game. Do you know Cyberdyne Warrior? I don't think so. It's, um, is that connected to the Cyberdyne from Terminator? Is that Cyberdyne? No. Yeah. Cyberdyne Systems. Yeah. <laughs> T101. Yeah. Cyberdyne <laughs> Warrior is, I think it was the first game that those guys made who made Creatures. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember their name right now, but um, Cyberdyne Warrior is a great sort of platform shooter. Cybernoid. Yep. Cybernoid 2. Yep. You know Cybernoid? Mm -hmm, yeah. Those are good? Uh, I think so, yeah. I remember playing them and I think I played them for a lot, which means I think I liked it. Hmm. What sort of game is it? It's, um, Remind me. I must know. Isn't it. that the shooting one? You, you're a ship like this. <laughs> it's like flying through caves, shooting things, I think. It's right. like... Ah, uh, I think I know. I think I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Deflector. Everyone's a Wally. Fire Lord. <laughs> Gribbly's Day Out. Hawkeye. Heartland. Herobotics. Highway Encounter, Hunter's Moon, Hysteria, Impossible Mission. Okay, everyone knows that. Yeah, it's all right. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Impossible Mission 2, IO. 
Io is a fantastic game. Oh, uh, which one's that? You know, the shooter. Remember we had that comp at my oh, place one time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good horizontal shooter. Mm. It's probably, I would say it's the best on the Commodore 64. Jumpman, Mega Apocalypse. Yeah. You know that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remind me. It's the, it's, you, it's the sequel to Crazy Comets. You shoot planets or something. It's, it's, it's a space shooter. Oh, Rob Hubbard game. soundtrack. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is a good game. Yeah. <laughs> Mission AD, Monty Mole, Monty on the Run, mm. another fantastic game with a Rob Hubbard soundtrack. Stupidly hard, though. Nebulous. Nebulous is all right. Yeah. Remember Nebulous? You sort of control a blue squidgy dude and and you're going up a, a tower oh, and yeah. it scrolls around. Yeah, that looks cool too. Yeah, Spirally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Netherworld, Nobby the Aardvark, Nodes of Yesod, Paradroid, everyone knows Paradroid. Pit Stop 2, yep. that's one of the best racing games on the Commodore 64, yep. if not the best. Ranorama, Robin of the Wood, Rubicon, Skate Crazy, School Days, Snare, Speedball, Speedball 2, Spin Dizzy, Spin Dizzy's good but stupidly hard, Star Paws, Steel, Street Sports Baseball, Summer Games 2, what? There was a Street Sports Baseball? There's a Street Sports Baseball. I remember Basketball and maybe another one. Hmm. But yeah. Street sports, basketball was good. Right. Well, this That's is baseball. Weekend, uh. <laughs> Summer Games 2, Super Cycle, Temple of Apshai Trilogy, Thing on a Spring. Thing on a Spring is all right. Thing Bounces Back, which is a, the sequel to Thing on a Spring. Trailblazer, which is a fantastic oh. game. Do you remember Trailblazer? Uh, I've seen it. I don't think I played it, though. It's like a um, 3D game where you're... Um, controlling a ball uh, going away from you, like outwards from the screen, and you've got to bounce and dodge all these obstacles. and It's like a racing game, yeah. but you're a, like a ball. Yeah. And you can play two-player and have races. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like split screen. You, yeah. And it, it's basically a grid. Is yeah. The ground, yeah. yeah, it's a grid. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome game. Uchimata, Iridium. That's an all right shooter. Who Dares Wins 2, yeah. Winter Games, <laughs> World Games, yeah. and Zynaps. Okay. That's a lot of games. It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot I don't recall. Mm. I don't remember at all. Mm. But yeah. But that so would happen because there were so many games on that system. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous amount of games. It's a shame there's no International Karate. Yeah, no Whizball. Last Ninja, no Whizball. Yeah. There's a lot of big ticket items that aren't included, yeah. but eh, it is what it is. And I can imagine negotiating the licenses for those games that are still really popular would be very, very difficult. So, whatever. Hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. Hmm. We'll see. I'll mm-hmm. get mine probably next week. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to checking out some old games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we should probably end it there. All right. Sounds good. Or is there any other news from you guys that 
need to talk about. No. That would do. Okay. All right, so thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System forums at gamethesystem.co. You can also reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co. You can reach me on Twitter at Mark's Tweet. That's at M-A-R-C-S underscore tweet. John and Matt are Wago and BSS on the forums, and also you're on Twitter, John. Mm, yeah. At JagoJP. Yep. Yep. Matt. I am, but I'm only looking. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so that is us, and thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Shut up and sit down.